this is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. David. Right. It is the four of us back again. Mm -hmm. Um, Or still. Still. (laughs) Still yet. Yeah. Yeah. Still. Still. You know. What is time, right? What is time? It's. It is both March again and March still. Yes. (laughs) That's interesting to note as well. What is time indeed? Right. So let's kick off with talking about what I think is the most interesting story of the week, but also kind of speculative, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the, or two, two of the major things that the big studios have been waiting on to start releasing some of their blockbusters in theaters again was for um, America's two biggest box office markets to reopen, mm-hmm. that is New York and Los Angeles. New York actually uh, just reopened. We talked about that in a recent episode. Uh, they're opening at, I think it's 50% capacity or 25%. Mm-hmm. No, it's 25% capacity no more than 50 people. Mm, that's um, and then we just got word today, if I can find, there's the link, that Los Angeles movie theaters could open as soon as Saturday, which as of us recording is the 13th. Um, this, this episode will come out on the 15th. So we're, we're talking about it as if it is still to come because it is. But that's very exciting news. They would do the same kind of restrictions, obviously. Um, yes, 20. Oh, you know, when you open articles and it and it's like, great. And then ads start to load slowly and mm-hmm. it jumps all around. Yeah. Um, the internet. They will open it. They will also open at 25% capacity or 100 people, whichever is less. Um, and they're also opening gyms and indoor dining in limited capacity. Hmm. So LA is making some big moves, mm-hmm. which means that upcoming blockbusters like Disney's Black Widow might be safe to release in May. I think it definitely will be. And yeah. you also consider that uh, President Biden announced today that he has a target of May 1st for all yeah. Americans to be eligible for the vaccine. When you consider a lot of states have already been making their way through their phases one, two, three. Yes. Um, uh, most adults probably will be uh, eligible for a vaccine prior to May 1st, but that hard target May 1st. Uh, I, I think the most we could see Black Widow move at this point is maybe back to a little bit later in May, but I think that first weekend is a pretty safe spot at this point. And then Blockbuster's left and right after that. It feels like it. We just recently heard that um, Fast 9, the latest entry in the Fast and Furious franchise, was mm-hmm. being moved again but it was only from what may to june or something like something it wasn't like a that. massive delay it was a short yeah. one which is to say a lot considering this movie was supposed to come out was supposed to kind of open the blockbuster season last year yeah and then we also heard uh, quiet place 2 moved up yeah quiet place 2 moved up from september to memorial day weekend you know, I'm going to jump ahead and just think, you know, everything goes well and then and, and we operate on this and movies release on schedule and, you know, we're still at the capacity and the safety limits and everything goes like this. What do you think this is going to do with spoilers? Because this is going to create a 
uh, you know, a quicker funnel into how many people are able to see a movie at a time. And we're so used to just having this, you know, 10 theaters with unlit with hundreds of people in there, just bam, 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 movie after movie and just blast it. Are people going to be, and and that's what we're used to. Are we going to still be able to do that? Are people going to be able to adjust out of respect for people who, no. Maybe haven't seen the movie, or are we past all of that? This is if, a movie if, podcast, so I so we won't go into this. But I could talk for hours about people and their WandaVision spoilers. Oh man, mm-hmm. I know um, I, that show yeah. debuts in the middle of the damn night everywhere mm-hmm. in America. I don't know how the release goes in foreign countries. Yeah, but it comes out at midnight Pacific Standard Time, which means two a.m. Central, three a.m. Eastern, mm-hmm. and every morning I wake up. And have to avoid spoilers like the plague because people watch it in the middle of the night. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a TikTok uh, account that's like it's three twenty one a.m. time to talk Wandavision, and yeah. it's like it's like I it's like I just I I I haven't even tried yet, man. It's right. seven in the morning. I'll wake quickly up, swipe past that one. And Facebook will have articles from like Entertainment Weekly, like can you believe this happened on Wandavision? No, oh. I've been so waiting if, five minutes. If, if that's the case and you know the thing about the internet is there's no arguing with the with the with the people who love to spoil things they want to just talk about it immediately because they've seen it there's no arguing with them they're going to do it so it's unfortunately we're the a-holes for being like hey you know i really don't have time to watch a 40-minute show or go see a movie first thing at midnight uh and talk about it immediately on the internet so Mm -hmm. i have no doubt like yeah you're right like 50 60 people they get like a little pre-advanced screening and then the net before the next one gets come in, as opposed to like 30 theaters all having the same movie. So, yeah, I think there'll be a bit of a slow rollout in terms of uh, in terms of spoilers. That's a good call. I guess the big question would be what will be the first movie to really have big spoilers? I'm sure there will be something in Black Widow, mm-hmm. but we also know that movie is a prequel. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. expect any earth shattering uh, spoilers. Yeah. But unless oh now we're getting into big predictions here unless they jump forward to post end game mm-hmm. and we see some kind of post credit scene that has to do with Florence Pugh that that would be most likely because i mean look uh end game spoilers abound black widow died <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to yeah. bring her back in a prequel that would be silly but we do have good indication that they're setting up Florence Pugh's character to kind of be introduced into the MCU in a big way. So yeah, I think you're right. If it, if it's anything of note, I think it would have to do with her. What do you think, Andrew? How do you feel about spoilers and if we're going to be able to keep ourselves contained? I think it'll be, I think it'll be interesting in this, in these next few weeks, especially whenever whenever they do intend to open it up in May and what's going to happen with what's going to happen with like a general, a general thing, whenever it comes to, whenever it comes to like watching movies now, I feel like watching movies is a different experience. Mm-hmm. That's true. No, I thought I, I, you have a good way of this is this is not me ragging you. I swear, I know it comes across that way a lot. <laughs> you have an interesting speech pattern sometimes where I think you're going to add more to a sentence, but it was the end of your sentence. It cracks me up every time. I was like, 
You're going to add more did to I, that? Nope. No, it's I, not your fault. It's just funny to me. Um, okay. You don't have to start again. No, no, no. You don't have to start again. I'm not saying. <laughs> you made perfect sense. I think it was your inflection. Well, no, no, no. I lost internet connection. <laughs> oh, so maybe I, you froze and I didn't notice. Yeah. I don't know. It's Zoom. Everything's so weird. But like, but like my thing is, is that my thing is, is that when it comes to uh, when it comes to going to the movies now, do I think spoilers are going to be a, a thing anymore? I think it's probably going to go back to the way it was. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be like because we're we're so ingrained in this. We're, we have so much like like Marvel movies. Anything that's a franchise now almost kind of it doesn't really rely on spoilers i don't want to say that but like you kind of anticipate it now and unless you are die hard a fan of stuff unless you're a die hard fan of stuff then maybe you're uh, i don't know what i'm trying to say here the only thing i'm just uh, yeah okay all right well i'm gonna stop because i'm too deep in thought you're too deep in thought um (laughs) but so that's that is good news for movie fans in Los Angeles who feel comfortable um, going out to the theaters. I, I was just getting the um, kind of threshold they have to meet there. And the, the threshold for Los Angeles County is they must distribute 2 million vaccine doses to underserved populations and have fewer than 10 new cases a day per 100,000 people. They're expected to hit the vaccine milestone on Friday, which means that county officials will then be able to sign off for cinemas to reopen. So that's why it may happen Saturday. Hmm. It's not a done deal, but it they're expected to hit that vaccine threshold. I am worried about bigger cities. Of course. Yes. Just because they're bigger. Just, I mean, just obviously because they're bigger populations. But if the downward trend is, is that they are, if, if infection rates do go down in bigger cities, then you know, give it a shot. Yeah, I would shot. Vaccine. Don't throw away. <laughs> everybody, everybody's a, you know, everyone's a critic and thinks that I mean, us included, and thinks that you know they would be a lot better if they were in charge. But I totally get why it's taken the bigger cities much longer than cities like our own. Yeah, it is a lot scarier there. You know, I wouldn't be as comfortable in a New York or LA movie theater either. So, many times when we go here in Oklahoma, it's just what two, three of us, three, four of us. Who knows? I mean, not many people are in the theater. When AMC reopened with their um, capacity threshold, I remember thinking, man, in Tulsa, that's the normal day. Like, (laughs) Yeah. Like, we, are like, not, we are not a community that packs the movie theaters all the time so but but obviously la is so it makes sense why it's why it's taking so long better mm-hmm. safe than sorry i say sure yeah i, I did kind of laugh when you said that about, the, about gyms and um what was the other venue gyms and restaurants stuff Indoor i was like yeah. i was like oh so so la is now at the point that uh, oklahoma decided to be last may <laughs> <laughs> yeah for better or worse, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not following the numbers in in California, so I won't. I won't uh, judge the decision. But 
if, if they it, think they're at that point, then cool. I mean, it sounds like a good it, sign. I hope it works out. The only thing we do really know is that vaccines are really ramping up and we have a lot of evidence showing that they work. So we're coming on the other side, people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, that's really the main bit of news I think that uh, I saw last week. Mm-hmm. So let's get into our review, which is a brand new movie. We've uh, Yes, we've done all brand new movies so far this season. That's right. We haven't um, completely given up on like the idea of doing older movies, but no, one of these days James Bond would come out, and I would love to revisit yes. the entire James Bond series. Yes. And I'm very excited about that. I know. One day it'll happen, but who knows yes. when? I, yes. We what, have what to do the, that out of spite now. Yeah. 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 Now, um, now I wonder. I wonder if maybe they will. If maybe they will go ahead and ramp it up. And maybe release it a little bit at a sooner date because, like, what's it at now? October. I wouldn't leave Bond alone. Well, I think Bond might be in Thanksgiving now, which which would be a good spot. Thanksgiving makes sense. Yeah, I'm a double check. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it usually does because, like, usually Bond movies fall right around that area. So. Yeah, so it definitely makes sense. I don't remember every date. It was supposed to open last spring, then it was going to open last fall. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now we are at dun, 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 dun. I wasn't ready to do that yet, but I did it. Um October 8th, so before Thanksgiving. Yeah, okay. So that's what that's what Bond's looking at. But anyway, I do imagine this this week we're gonna do our um, review about Disney's Raya and the Last Dragon, a uh-huh. brand new film, just came out as of us releasing this about a week ago, and this is their this is Disney's second experiment with their Disney Plus with Premier Access uh-huh. um, thing. This, so they did that with Mulan, right? They did that with well, Milan. That was an exclusive. Yeah, that was exclusive. exclusive. They didn't even that didn't have a theater release. This is also in theaters, um, for the I think for at least forty five days or so. Yeah, if not more. So, um, uh, Andrew Garrett and I watched it in a theater. Oh wow! Uh, David, we I know you watched it at home. I did. I tried the premiere access. It'll be interesting. We can at some point we can talk about kind of the differences <laughs> there. Um. But I'll start out by saying it was very good. I liked it a lot. Um, it's, um, I feel like David would be the expert on this. Was it a completely original story or is it based on something? Uh, it's, pre- it's pretty, it's pretty, most, it's original. That's what I think. Um, I think it takes a lot of heavy influences from what I've read from a lot of uh, South, uh, South Asian folklore. Mm-hmm. And so there's bits and pieces taken, but I don't think it's based on anything specific. It's about a world where um, they used to be a unified country, mm-hmm. and now they've kind of divided over this um, desire to hold the dragon gym, mm-hmm. which is kind of like this magical gym that holds the power to bring back the dragons Mm -hmm. um, because dragons have gone extinct or rather they were kind of killed off by a magical force. 
and known as the Droon. Known as the Droon, and it is Rhea's duty mm-hmm. to guard the Dragon Gym. And because this movie is so new, we should probably be careful with spoilers, so I won't go into details. But uh, something yeah. hits the fan, and she's got to yeah. prove it, prove her worth. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Uh, I, I really dug it. Um, you know, at, at first I was uh, I, I was uncertain going as it was going f- at the beginning, but it was it's quickly kind of captured my uh, my imagination, and uh, it's a lot more action heavy than uh, the last couple of Disney movies. There's kind of been this series since like early 2010 of like musical, non musical, musical, non musical. So you know you had like you had like you know Tangled, and then you had like Wreck-It Ralph and you had Frozen and then you get like Zootopia and Big Hero 6 and the director of Big Hero 6 is the director here or co-director here so mm-hmm. I, it really kind of brings a lot of that sort of like action feel that that movie had and a lot of the heart that that movie had Big Hero 6 I feel is like one of those kind of like more underrated uh, Disney films over the last few years and so I really loved that the two uh, main characters uh, Raya or Raya and um, oh gosh the other one was uh namari they're great i mean they're fantastic I, I, it's been a long time since we've had two i think characters this developed um or this this um that just feel this relatable in a disney movie so uh, i dug it and um had a lot had a lot of fun with it and it looks gorgeous like it looks absolutely amazing yeah even at home <laughs> but what about you what about you andrew what about you garrett um in a nutshell you want to go garrett go for it okay i will say that this movie is beautiful to look at mm-hmm. it is an absolute like the the animation is really good i i loved i loved like like it, it i love the culture that it was kind of that it was kind of surrounded i love the mysticism that it has and i love that it has such a like there, there's so much imagination flowing through it. I think it's a, I think it's a great, I think it's a great like tribute to animation because they blended both 3D animation with 2D animation. Mm-hmm. They, did, yep. they did a great job with both of it, and that really caught my eye. Um, it was action packed. I felt there were times when I thought like the plot was getting a little predictable, especially in the beginning. Um, because like, because like you know, it it's it sets it up. I'm not gonna spoil it, but uh, it does set it up. And afterwards, you just kind of think like, oh wait a minute, you know this, this is probably how it's going to end. And that's what kind of that's what kind of uh, that's what kind of drew me back a little bit. I'm like, oh, I kind of already know the ending. <laughs> but what really got me was just like, really with like, I, I'm a I'm a sucker for kung fu. Anything that's kung fu, show it to me. Like I, I love kung fu movies, and this, this obviously is a kung fu film. So I was very, very entranced by it. I, I would. Uh, this is a movie that I wish I would have seen in 3D. I think 3D would benefit very solely from this, uh, very that, much from this. You know, you I hadn't thought about that, but a lot of the stuff with the dragon. Um, yeah running on the the rain things like that that yeah. would have been that could have been pretty interesting in 3d yeah yeah and 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 i don't like 3d i mean 3d is not my thing but like this would have been an interesting film in 3d hmm. 
So that's what I got to say about that. I think that it was a Josh, you and I had a conversation a while ago um, about not having a lot of good action adventure movies anymore. And I think this one is is really fits the bill. I mean, um, you know, it's got a very uh, Indiana Jonesian Mad Maxian into the world vibe. Um, It reminds me a lot of the uncharted video games where, you know, a lot of times you're going through a jungle and you're looking for um, you know, a goal, some kind of treasure that you're looking for. Um, you know, even to an extent, Avengers Endgame and Infinity War, you know, um, there's a lot going on there. I don't want to get too deep into it, but there's a, a few connections that, you you know, you can make with what Ray's tasks are. Um, the animation is beautiful. Again, um, you know, they use some comic book-esque illustration to illustrate like fantasy um, and the difference in reality. One of the things that really stands out is there are several times where some of the characters will be crying and they like smear away the, t- the tear and you can see it just like follow the finger and it just kind of glistens and lingers for a little bit like it would. And it was just beautiful. A lot of times you see the scenery just by itself and it doesn't even look animated. So it's just absolutely beautiful um, to look at. And then... Um, the only thing that I'll say is, Andrew, I don't know how you saw the ending coming because I didn't. I thought it had a very nice twist ending um, that you wouldn't normally get from your uh, regular hero adventure movie, in my opinion. Um, what a shame I, we can't talk about it. Anymore. I know, I know. I don't want to say too much, but it, it, it didn't go the direction <laughs> oh, I thought it wanna, was going to go. We, we can't throw up the spoiler warning wall and talk it out. <laughs> Oh no! I mean, it's such a new movie. It is. I'm just gonna. I I won't. I won't spoil. I'll try to avoid spoiling anything. But I do want to talk about. You know, at the core of the story Mm -hmm. is about, and it's it gets a little repetitive, maybe. But the story is about trust and trusting one another, and how having just, you know, letting your guard down and trusting someone is the first step towards real unity and the first step towards really having an understanding moving forward through things like grief through things like uh hardships which uh feels like i don't think they've started working on this movie before uh the pandemic but is kind of one of those these stories keep coming out of the pandemic and it's like wow you know, uh, we did kind of need this movie a little bit coming out. I'm not saying it's like the perfect thing for that, but the idea of like a divided nation and how there's this lack of trust amongst all these people and how we need to bring back that kind of uh, element uh, really kind of like, I mean, it stands out as relevant today. So I I compliment um, towards that. Adele Lim Uh, said you know you talked about trust being a big part a big message of this movie and um, Adele said even though our movie is directed towards children the effort is realistic in that it's not about doing it one time it's about continuing even though it doesn't work sometimes even though you get betrayed even though it fails we have to keep reaching out and pull people together because that's the only way we are going to get through this and that's basically you know a really good message that you don't really see a lot but you're right you, you i think a lot of people need it right now is to to be able to trust and to do the right thing mm-hmm. 
for the other people. And, and some of the other creators have said similar things that they feel like uh, it's very uh, relatable in the world that we live in right now. So they're very excited to see how some of those messages, you know, coincide with the current atmosphere. Yeah. It's definitely one of those, uh, there's this old saying, um, you know, like even if you know the risks uh, that you could be hurt, you could be betrayed, you know, um, someone used to say, um, if you do something nice for someone, like out of the kindness of your heart and they betray you, they burn you on it. That's a reflection of them, but you choosing to never help anyone or never do anything for someone else because you're afraid of that is a reflection on you. So make the, make the best effort, you know, if, you know, like try, you know, be open. If you're going to, you know, I'd rather be taken advantage of cause I'm a good person than never, never help anyone, never open up, never do anything for someone because I don't, you know, because I don't trust them. There's, you know, a, it, there's an element of that. They do a good balance of showing, you know, Raya has her trust issues. Um, and then, uh, Sisu has her trust issues. Um, and they do a good job of balancing that and showing you, uh, right, it's, it, you know, it's not good to be 100% this and it's not good to be 100% that, but you have to be able to balance those two things in a positive way. You know, sometimes you have to be a little, you know, a little distrusting. Sometimes you have to be a little more trusting than you're comfortable with. And they do, it's a really strong presentation of that struggle that people might have, especially with people with differences. Yeah, um, Rhea's character has par- part of her, part of who she is is not to trust people. Mm-hmm. And she has extremely good reason for it um, that, that you see unfold pretty early on. So there's never a point, at least I, I wouldn't think, where you, where you would be like, wow, Rhea, I don't know why you're so mistrusting of people. Um, but part of her arc is that, yeah, she has to learn along the way when it is appropriate to let someone else um, kind of take charge. Yeah, you know, she is, Raya is justifiably um, untrustworthy. She was burned in a really bad way. And you'll see that at the, I mean, that's all in like the setup of the movie. This movie spans a while of time. Like uh, the opening events happen. And then there's like, I think if I remember like a five-year gap between that and the rest of the movie. So uh, you kind of see a growth in a lot of the characters. Um, But I really thought that um, the story worked its way through in a really cool way. All the lands, all the regions that they go to seem really diverse and interesting every step of her journey is a different challenge. And I, yeah, that speaks to the sort of, like you were talking about Garrett, the action adventure component. Mm-hmm. It's not the same thing, you know, five, six, seven times in a row, you know, it's like, Oh, I have to use a different kind of, of wit or a different kind of, uh, of strategy that I've learned over my time to figure this out. And I think that's a, I think that's a really cool element that, you know, it, it took time. This journey didn't happen overnight took time for her to grow and become who she is. Um, and you see how that reflects and how she handles the challenges. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I really do like that observation. I like how, I, I, I really do like how like the trust was broken. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times, uh, 
there were times when I was trying to figure like what the what the theme of the entire movie was. And I'm glad you said something about it. like it's all about. I don't know if it was you, Garrett, or, or David, but it's about trust, and I really do like that element. And um, yeah, you see throughout the I like the different land aspect for several different reasons. Um, but you also get a, you get a bunch of side characters which are great. Mm-hmm. Um, they're fantastic in, in their own respective ways. Um, they're, they're, I don't have anything bad to say about any of them. Yeah. Um, but the, I do think that the la- for me, the only poke that I have at this movie is I feel like her quest was very easy overall. Like yeah. it was like the, it was pretty easy, which I guess, you know, again, you, you put your message into trust you hope that you wouldn't come across too many struggles if you're, you know, being honest and telling the truth and doing all of those things and trusting the people to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was my, that's my like one minor thing is that there wasn't, I mean, there was a lot of action and adventure, but the struggle itself to achieve the quest mm-hmm. was pretty darn easy overall. I guess, I guess it's one of those things that like when you think about it, so. I think I that's kind of how I'll, I'll, I'll wait into I'll wait into spoiler waters here, but I won't spoil anything. But if you, I guess, if you think about it, the way they set it up, her first quest, right? And this, she's she's in the trailers. This is no spoiler. Her first quest is finding the dragon, yeah. Which I guess clearly took her five years because she shows that she's explored like the foot of every river in mm-hmm. her land in this in the land of Kumandra, right? Right. So that's her initial quest is finding this dragon, and so at the you know as the movie starts she's completing that quest and then from there it takes off of hey here's your new mission that's true so that new mission is yeah she does handle it pretty well and she picks up new friends along the way um that kind of make her mission easier or more difficult depending on which ones they are but um i guess i guess you know there's sort of the implication that over the years it took her to find uh, sisu uh, the last dragon, it prepared her to go on this m- seemingly more challenging mission because it's like, hey, go do this thing, <laughs> go 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 uh, go put together the world again, you know, essentially. Um, but let's talk about too. Let's talk about um, our antagonist Neymari, who I thought was one of the coolest, most interesting stories we've had for a, a, a for lack of a better word, a bad guy in a Disney movie for a while, like in a, in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, where she goes through this full arc of, of, you know, she's tasked with, she's tasked with taking or finding uh, the item at the beginning that sets the whole, that, you know, sets the whole series of events in motion. And her mission becomes to find, you know, to, to restore this order from, you know, the perspective of her family. So you have like her and Raya are clashing because they're both trying to basically do the same thing, but for different reasons. And um, kind of seeing that your enemy isn't necessarily always evil, that they're, you know, everybody has their own agendas and it's finding the common, I guess, roots in it. But I, I thought, I thought she was really interesting, really great. And I really loved her story. And I love that this movie at the end of the, at the end of the day, the, this movie doesn't have a bad guy. It just has um, like the wrong, I, I get like, the, the 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 bigger picture is the bad guy, you know. Yeah. Well, that, go ahead. Well, the, the thing is, sorry. What? No, go ahead, Andrew. 
the, the thing is, is that like, I feel like that's a good character development because like, yeah, there is no, there's no villain in this. And, and the thing is, is that like, and the thing is, is that like, yeah, that's like the over the overcoming story arc, and and really the character arc. I do like that observation that like, yeah, these people are not motivated by any evil intent. They just made bad decisions. Yeah, the villain is more society and this yeah. idea that oh, they come from this place, so you can't trust them. Yeah. They come from that place, and you can't trust them. Yeah. But it shows Neymar Neymar's journey shows that like those sort of attitudes can be overcome through, you know, through conversation and through exploration and through um, just learning to, to hear each other and trust one another. Yep. So I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's very relatable as far as you understand, um, you know, a, what she's been told and taught their whole lives um and then you see the struggle that she goes through whenever she kind of realizes her beliefs and thought processes may not have been accurate the whole time and her struggle with that and and you know it's, it really is just uh nice to see again people being able to trust one another despite thinking different things when they understand the greater good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and t- i was going to wait to talk about the theater and and versus premiere access uh experience um until josh got back so until then do you guys um do you guys want to talk about like the voice acting or, or the performance well actually I, before we do because yes i do but i i want to pose this to you while we're just talking about the movie itself before we get mm-hmm. deep into the cast um i read a review from someone, uh, Glenn Weldon of NPR. And he said in his review, it's her flawed nature that makes Rhea the most compelling, most sympathetic and most layered Disney princess in the company's long history. And what makes Rhea and the Last Dragon the best Disney animated feature in many years. David, you are the resident Disney expert. How do you feel on her, her rankings as far as a relatable, and believable Disney princess character. I think it's definitely up there because her, and and this is kind of, I guess when it comes down to it, this is the knock against that line of thinking is because honestly, her being a princess is secondary. If anything, maybe tertiary to her entire uh, identity. You know, this movie isn't about her uh, being a princess. This movie is about her sort of adventure and and it's about her quest to restore this uh to restore the world to what it was so um you know compared to someone whose story like compared to someone like rapunzel in the movie tangled whose story is a little bit more of a traditional you know fairy tale type story you know it's kind of like it's kind of an apples and oranges thing i, I feel like she's more comparable to um you know like the character of judy hops in zootopia who also is an incredibly fleshed out character. She's not a princess. She's not, you know, a royalty. So she doesn't get really get thrown in that category. But I would say that there are a lot of these great movies with really good, dynamic, um, interesting female characters that Disney's been working on. But that princess moniker is almost, I feel like, a disservice to someone like a character like Raya, because you're expecting you're expecting Frozen. You know, you're expecting you're expecting Cinderella and Snow White and this sort of like a uh, 
cookie cutter image, but I feel like uh, Raya definitely feels to me in line with a lot of the other characters that we've had in recent history. Um, going back to Big Hero 6, Zootopia, uh, even Wreck-It Ralph. I mean, uh, you know, they make, uh, they, they, make, they make all the jokes about Vanellope being a princess, and I feel like Vanellope is a really different uh, character with uh, a lot of different traits and flaws that you could look at. So I think Disney's been on a good run of doing a little bit more work and making characters not just, um, you know, a stereotype or an archetype, but really evolving that. But yeah, I, I would say if if she has if she's if if you're forced to call her a Disney princess, she is the most um, dynamically interesting Disney princess character because her story is not her story is not tied to her royalty or tied to her being a, a princess. And I think that's what it, I, maybe that's what they uh, intended by that because she is a princess. I mean, her father is the head of a land, thus making mm-hmm. her a form of royalty, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it is maybe, in my opinion of it, it was an idea to you know you can be a princess, but like that's not what you have to be. Like you are a princess, but like that's not what you are. And I think oh. the same article I read is you know, kind of saying those other Disney princesses, what is their defining trait? And you, and their argument was they don't have one. They are a princess. Like that is it. There is nothing about them. Whereas Raya, while she is a princess is so much more than that. Yeah. I mean, it's on, I I think it's unfair in a lot of ways, depending on who you're making the comparisons to, um, you know, she's, a, she's, I feel like Ryan is much, very much in the mold in terms of, you know, the princess identity as Moana was, you know, Moana's journey is very different than uh, a lot of other princesses. It's kind of uh, similar to, you know, Pocahontas in the nineties. Like people were like, Oh, Pocahontas is a princess. And it's like, Re- not really. No. And her story is so much broader than just uh, whatever, you know, Snow White's was, you know, waiting for, you know, your prince to come comparing it, you know, uh, Raya to the Disney princess characters of the thirties and fifties and sixties. Uh, it's a, it's not really even comparable. We've come. So I think in general, people have come so much further in storytelling than, uh, they had, you know, back when animated movies were 70, 75 minutes. So, uh, but I agree. It is, I agree in general though, that Raya is one of the best characters they've had in terms of her, flaws her unique characteristics she's both she's badass and she's actually very fun she's very witty so you know i kind of i kind of enjoyed that about it cool. hey josh welcome back hi thanks um, <laughs> sometimes you know you have technical difficulties in this age of computers and video conferences we should uh we should when you when you blank out we should throw up one of those images of like andrew covered in wires like technical difficulties yeah yeah i think that'd be fun we'll turn him into stone and he's just <laughs> yeah he's just... what could that the reference be to the movie we uh, were just about to get into uh some theater versus uh home experiences josh okay Well, I'll stop by saying, I bet, well, no, actually, never mind. (laughs) I was going to say, I bet that at home, David didn't have people grunting around him. But now I think maybe he probably did. (laughs) You'd be surprised. I would be surprised. 
Um, now the theater experience was fine. I don't think we would probably have a lot to say on it that is different than what you would expect. Oh. It was fairly low attended. Mm -hmm. You know, we went on a Tuesday night, handful of people there, but it felt pretty safely distanced. Mm -hmm. The movie yeah. was beautiful on the big screen. Oh, I bet. There were not that many distractions. So how was how was the Premier Access experience? Uh, it was pretty good. We were at full capacity at my house. Um, <laughs> it was it was all three of us. And um, you know, uh, at first, you know, I was a little, I was like, I wasn't sure about it. If I was like, should we go see it at a theater? Like we could just we could just take the baby to my mom's or my or or her mom's, and we could just go to a theater and see it. But I thought, you know, for the for the sake of a unique experience let's do the premiere access let's try it out and it was actually really nice it still was gorgeous on my on my home tv sure. it uh it was great we uh we only paused it once but it was just because uh i wanted to go back because there was a shot that was so nice it was um when it was when uh the it was when sisu was start first started uh to run across the rain and it looked so cool and i was like hang on i was like hang on. i i, I want to watch it i want to see that again so we <laughs> popped it back a few seconds and watched her do that again so that was a nice uh you know unique thing that you can do at home and obviously this is not anybody that we've all watched quite a few of these movies at home uh, little things we watched and uh judas and the black messiah i watched at home so it's not anything too unique but for something that's kind of on the scale of a Disney movie or a blockbuster film, it was kind of different to be watching it at home uh, so early. Um, but I thought that this was kind of a good movie for it because it had a lot of, it, it had a lot of quiet moments. Um, even though we talked about the action adventure, there were a lot of good quiet moments in this movie. So sitting here at home, it was actually fairly enjoyable. Uh, but I did miss, I did miss the, the big screen uh element i have to say so it is what it is <laughs> andrew how was your theater experience it was fine um i was with you guys what? surprise i don't we don't they don't remember you <laughs> never do I never have. Have. i don't remember you uh, it, it was fine i liked it. It, it i genuinely enjoy watching a movie in a theater mm. So it's nice to have that, you know, instead of your, your home surround sound, which is only limited to like a single bar, you have surround sound that is literally surrounding you. And that felt good to be back in seeing a brand new film. I you have surround sound, happened? thank you very much. You want to know what happened to me at this movie? What happened? For David? People grunting? No. I, uh was pretty absent-mindedly walking in just not really paying attention to anything yeah and i said i'm gonna go get a drink from the concession stand y'all go inside so i get up i go to the concession stand there's mm -hmm. one person in front of me so i'm standing like back at the start at the at the line area and i realize what what am i holding and i had carried in my water bottle <laughs> without even noticing that I had it. Yeah. No one stopped me. <laughs> no I, one. I like probably very braggadaciously 
just swung it around like a habit. <laughs> the ticket guy didn't stop me. Nobody stopped me. Yeah. And I was like, well, now I can't go order a drink now. They're just happy to have you. <laughs> I have one in my hand. Yeah. So I felt both bad and a little dumb. <laughs> but I, sh- I sure enough, I went, well, screw this. And I left the line <laughs> and took my drink into the theater and just drank my water. So you were standing in line holding a water bottle. You've committed that to was the full. bit. You got to do it. That was you know, full. it wasn't that was full, full, but it oh, had yeah. enough to get me through the movie. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and you I don't know why I carried it in. And you I, passed through so many people. I, I have to say, I envy Josh. Josh always has interesting theater stories, and I never have any good theater stories. Josh is always like next to some lady who's like narrating uh, or on Tinder or something in the middle of the theater. You know, or or you got like somebody who has sticky popcorn that they're, they're they throw on you or something. It's always something. The, the best theater experience I ever had is when I saw Django Unchained. This is a long time ago. When I saw Django Unchained, there was a guy who was sitting in front of me. And every time, every time Django shot someone, which if you've seen Django Unchained is a lot, this guy would say quite loudly, drop him like a bad habit. And every time, bang, dropped him like a bad habit. Bang, then dropped him like a bad habit. <laughs> at least 38 times this old man in front of me no who dropped him like bad habit <laughs> it was, it's the only great theater story listen I think if I really you find have. a good joke stick with it stick with it you know bad bad theater experiences are annoying in the moment but they sure do make memorable experiences oh they're great i mean uh, yeah damn. when you're uh, sitting there you're like okay dude yeah, Shut up. You know, come, on, man. come on, we got it. We get it. But man, it was it's really funny in retrospect. <laughs> uh, Josh always has like ladies tell him to turn his phone off too. I do not. Yeah, I feel like I've gone to I've gone to theater with Josh like three times, and like <laughs> two of the threes, so there's somebody goes, "Will you turn your phone off, please?" And you're like, "It's it's the it's it's the ads. This is a Coca Cola ad." <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I don't have to turn my phone off during the Coca-Cola ads. They don't ask you to turn the phone off until after the ads run. That's true. What about the time that we went to go see the post and like there was a whole row of people behind us who couldn't figure out how to sit down? I don't, I don't know. I didn't go to the post with you. Getting up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Do you want to sit here, Harold? How about over here, Geraldine? And they just like, how about you sit where you're assigned? Yeah. And they just kept playing musical chairs and they wouldn't sit down. No, oh, buddy. Yeah. But well, you don't have that happen at home. You can sit wherever you want. No, and I and I will say that uh about the home experience, it is not it is nice to have the the option in that case. Um because as we've talked about in the past, the theater experience uh is is I think relatively well priced for in terms of what you're in terms of the actual movie. But there is a lot of a lot of things that go into taking a family. Um, I'm just a family of three right now with a, with a two week old. Oh, sure. But so I so I'm not at that point yet. But when you start talking about families of families of four, families of five, um, trying to get like a you know big group of people together, you know the the expenditures go up. And you know you're getting food, you're getting whatever. Um, so it is nice. It was nice to have the option of staying home. And not having to worry about getting a sitter, not having to worry about, you know, dropping it off and, and getting to the theater on time. And, oh, no, we left this, we left that. So it was nice. I don't 
prefer it to the theater experience. I know a lot of people out there are still like, there are a lot of people out there pushing to like basically get rid of the theater experience to just have everything released uh, on demand at home. And um, I'm not that in, I'm not I'm that not, introverted. Not no, that and, and, and it's the option was nice. I'd be fine with, you know, if the, if the general window, like the, in the past, there's been like a 90 day window for films and theater before it could even touch home video. And then there's a time, so there, there used to be a time span for that before it would even be close to becoming, being on television. So I'm, you know, I'm not as stickler about like if the window for movies, you know, drops down to, you know, two months or, you know, it may be even less in some cases. 45 days. I, I don't think that's necessarily the end of the world, but I understand that theaters are going to continue to do what they have to, to try to, you know, keep that theater window special. Um, but yeah, it, so I, I don't know if I would do it again, but uh, for this, for this experiment, it was, it was nice. It wasn't too bad. Um, just to kind of touch base with you on that one. What I want to say is, is that this is not, this is not unusual. Like what, what you're describing. Now, obviously, we're in the circumstances of a pandemic, so it's not really, there's nothing we can really do about this. But, like, this has been kind of a changing thing for years. And it's really since the beginning of, like, of watching television, of watching movies. Because um, in the history of this, you know, there, there comes times, there comes a time when, like, people need to feel, when studios were scared because everybody was, everybody was just going to be staying home. And everybody was just going to be staying home and not going to movies. So that's why, you know, in the 50s, we get these giant big old epics. And, you know, there's 70 millimeters. There's 70 millimeter epics. Then we get, then a few years later, we get the American New Wave, which is uh, a slug of new movies. And then we get uh, surround sound. And then we get blockbusters. And then we get Star Wars. And then we get the independent circuit. So it just, it's constantly changing. And right now, I think we're just entering another phase of it where it's you either go out or stay home. Yeah, well, yeah we've at least got to go through a little bit longer phase of of uh, people making pandemic lockdown movies before uh, yeah. we can move on to something else. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an effort from, I think, both the film. I think there's an effort from the filmmaking industry itself and the theater industry, obviously, to continue to get, make the theater experience worth mm-hmm. going to where you know whether that's more dynamic sound bigger screens uh yeah. you know things like you know these uh more um uh, what's the word uh, you know uh, 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 upscale uh five dot you know five five star uh, uh restaurant uh movie theaters you know where they're bringing you they're bringing you like full meals um and whereas you know and there you know there's obviously a lot of smaller uh theaters like uh, our own circle cinema that has that more traditional feel but there's a, it's a struggle for theaters to stay relevant. And, uh, and um, they lost a lot of money over the course of the pandemic. Oh, yeah. um, and so I, hopefully they can come out well on this. It's nice to see that there are some, uh, there are some movies that are going to stay theater exclusive um, as opposed to uh, just jumping right into streaming services. So yeah. 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 I mean, hopefully, hopefully this, this wave moves on. Anybody right. else get anything else? about the movie itself um i wanted to say that the voice acting was great oh yeah that's right um kelly marie tran who came into the project kind of late she was great uh aquafina was very funny 
And, uh, you know, I never recognize her voice when I hear it, but uh, uh, Jimma Chan as an Amari was actually really good, too. So uh, I, th I thought all those three characters especially were really good. Uh, those I agree. performances are real good. Yeah, I thought everybody stood out. I thought it was great. Um, everybody seemed to work well together, meshed well, dug it. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go ahead and start wrapping this up. We can do our letterbox game real quick. Um, Oh my goodness, who won? I genuinely don't remember. Andrew, do you remember? Yeah, uh, actually, I think it was you. Was it me? It was you. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Well, gentlemen, what do we feel like our guesses are for the early reviews? Remember, this is a very early review so, of uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess like 3.9. David's in at 3.9. I am going to do three point seven. Three point seven. Three point seven for Andrew. Man's undercutting me. One dollar. <laughs> I don't like the position I'm in. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna risk it and play high and pick uh four point oh. Four point oh. Oh man. I'm in a tight spot. I'm either I mean you had to tie with Andrew or just went out right. This is yeah. yeah, you got a three point seven from Andrew. Mm -hmm. Three point nine from David, right? That's right. It's been so long I can't remember. And then a four point <laughs> oh from Josh. One of you is exactly correct oh boy no ties that's good we one person now uh it looks like we've got twenty six thousand people have watched it mm. and we are in with a 3.7 andrew takes oh, it home andrew exactly this right crap <laughs> Again, we do we don't give out one hundred dollar prizes if you were to get it correct, but you have won. David, I thought I, I don't remember if you're keeping score, but we'll have to fill you in on where we're at because it's I'll gonna be to. this season's gonna be crazy. Don't friends. worry, I, I watch I watch and listen to uh, every episode, so I'll okay. do a, I'll be a big tally at the end of the year. Okay, fair. I don't know where we are either. Yeah. I've only got four movies, but I know there were two others that have been reviewed, so we'll yeah. figure that out later. And I don't remember who won either. Do you want me to do a, a rundown of, of the opening weekend for it? I didn't even know if you had one, but if you do, yeah, let's do it real quick. Yeah, all right. Here yeah. we go. So, uh, yeah, Ryan the Last Dragon debuted uh, March 5th. It opened to $8.5 million um, and finished a number one on the weekend with uh, Tom and Jerry at number two in its second week, brought in 6.6. Uh, Chaos Walking, which I haven't even had a chance to really look into yet, but that's at Tom Holland. And uh, Daisy Ridley movie, I believe, mm -hmm. brought in three point seven, and a number four, a movie called Boogie, brought in one point two, and a number five, still hanging in there, is Crude's The New Age, brought <laughs> in seven hundred eighty-eight thousand. That's been a pretty popular one. Yeah, Crude's movie is on the year. Yeah, for the for twenty twenty one domestically, Tom and Jerry still in the lead this year with twenty three million estimated. Uh, the number two movie of the year is The Little Things, which you can listen to our review of. Uh, the Marksman at number four. Ryan the Last Dragon with its opening weekend moved into the number four spot. 
and then uh, Judas and the Black Messiah is the fifth is the fifth highest grossing movie of the year. So we've reviewed um, yeah. one, two, three, four of the top five so far this year. Um, internationally, things are very different uh, through 2021 <laughs> because uh, China is a box office that's completely back open at this point. So most of the top 10 are, box, are Chinese films. Um, but luckily, uh, Ryan the Last Dragon is made $27 million worldwide, putting it in the number 12 spot on the year so far. So overall, good things. You know, it's an interesting conversation with Raya and the Last Dragon having this simultaneous release, both premiere access on Disney Plus and in theaters. And Tom and Jerry, which is available for free, uh, you know, plus the, you know, the cost of having HBO Max, but uh, also in theaters. It's kind of interesting when you look at Raya and the Last Dragon opened with just $8 million in theaters. But, it, you know, is, you can pay for it at home. Tom and Jerry, like I said, is free, open to $14 million. So even though even though you can literally watch uh, you know, Tom and Jerry for less money at home, uh, it made more at the box office, which is kind of an interesting thing. Um, box Office Pro, which is a website I don't really cite very often, but I was looking into it this weekend. They said that there's a couple different reasons for that. One, Disney has had a little bit of struggles negotiating with three of the four major uh, uh, theater chains. And uh, two, now this is an interesting one. I don't, I don't get into these, these, these kind of details too often, but the demographics, like, you know, they, do, they take like polls or they take like audience statistics a lot when they come out of theaters. Uh, and the, the gender breakdown for Ryan the Last Dragon is much more female than Tom and Jerry. Um, so uh, I don't know how that plays in all the way, but uh, you look at uh, Tom and Jerry is like 50-ish percent male, Whereas Ryan the Last Dragon is much close, like much higher. I think it's like fifty-six or fifty-seven percent female audience. So I don't really know how that plays in, but it's an interesting stat. Um, uh, as Tom and Jerry might be seen as a little bit more for the whole family, whereas Ryan the Last Dragon is more for you know, as a Disney movie, people think it's more targeted towards girls. That's probably a problem with marketing more so than anything. But uh, interesting. So, but Ryan the Last Dragon much better reviews so far yeah. <laughs> than, right, well, than Tom and Jerry. So. Yeah, but well, I will I will clue in our audience that, is, that you can expect a Tom and Jerry review sometime down the line as well. Oh, and I I wanted to I wanted to point out the last bit of that too though is that Disney um, last uh, on March 9th crossed over the 100 million dollar subscriber mark, whereas HBO still, according to at least as of the last report that I have here from the Motley Fool, has only 17 million activations of their of their subscribers um so people who have activated their account in any way they have 41 million quote-unquote subscribers thanks to at&t but only 17 million accounts have been activated well they, so, are, they are more expensive it'll be interesting to it would be I, I know disney will never do this but it will be interesting to see what the premier access numbers would are you know in terms of who's buying it with 100 million subscribers i mean you only need like 10 percent to buy it and you make yeah. three million bucks so Interesting. Very yeah. interesting. The, I'll call yeah. it there. What, what are our scores for the movie? Yeah. Um, so I, I've decided to go with a 4.5 for me. Mm -hmm. I have very little complaints about it. I thought it was one of the, the better original animated films I've seen in quite some time. I give this a 4.0. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to give it a 
four. I'm gonna give it a four and a half as well. It's really good. I don't think there's there's not mu that much fat to trim here. A little repetitive in the in the messaging, but that's not the worst thing. So that's not the worst problem you could have with a movie. So yeah. you know, definitely go see it. Yeah, I agree with four and a half. That's where I will fall as well. Cool. That ends us up with a four point three seven. So a four and a half from the So Many Sequels Squad. Awesome. Great. Well, that wraps up this episode of So Many Sequels. Be sure Before we you... go, we gotta talk about Dana's little uh, you know, sequel. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Dressed. David, yeah, I, David's part. I guess it's the the third in the series now. I guess technically, yeah, in a way. It's, so it's a, it's a, yeah, kind I of got a spinoff. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> a bit of a spinoff in a lot of ways. You know, there's some elements from my movie, but there's some from someone else's. <laughs> yeah, my wife Nikki and I uh, welcomed our son Jackson Neil to the family uh, two weeks ago. He was born February 23rd, so then date this video for me, um, and. Uh, He's a pretty good little kid so far. Uh, when he's not crying, he is my favorite. Uh, when he is crying, he is uh, he's towards the bottom. He's under he's under Sky. You know we have he's a little guy. less favorite. <laughs> he's under Sky. Yeah. You know. My favorite my favorite interactions so far are mostly how he interacts with my dog Sky because Sky is very like cautiously watching him a lot, and then when he starts crying, she runs and she finds her great. It's mm. you know she's like. Uh, I don't want to be here for this. I don't do babies, you know. That's funny. Um, it's very so that, that's kind of been a lot of fun, and uh, you know he's still getting used to everything. So, but yeah, um, I'll see if maybe he can make a maybe he can make an appearance at some point in in one of these videos. We'll see. But uh, he 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 enjoyed Ryan the Last Dragon. He he kind of grunted and uh, ate during it. So that's good. <laughs> good. Good. He, he enjoyed it as best he could. Good. Uh, good. Yeah, that's so. Uh, maybe we'll see him. I won't be. I'll be in a few less videos. I should say. Yeah. going yeah. forward i think there's a few videos that i i'll, I'll miss this year but uh oh there's max but um max but uh but yeah so thank you Yay. <laughs> very congratulations exciting. to the product yes very exciting stuff very exciting very very yeah you can um, you can uh maybe well maybe I'll, I'll i'll i can i'll put them on i'll put a post with them on on our patreon or something there you go, there well, you go. on our yeah. instagram account like you said, we have a couple episodes coming up that, that you are not a part of, but you did send us a video to edit in, mm -hmm. which I believe he makes an appearance in. He does. He is in that so one. So y'all will see him uh, soon, if you haven't already, through uh, just knowing Dave mm -hmm. in real life. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so look forward to that. We will see you guys next time with another fun movie review and some news. So find right. us online on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Letterboxd, and on Patreon. Just search for so many sequels on all of those uh, apps. We're bound to come up somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, if you're watching our YouTube video, hit that subscribe button and the little thumbs up like and leave a yeah. comment. Do all those good. Ring the bell things. and all that. Yeah, ring the bell. And um, check out our podcast feed if you haven't found that um, yet. It's a lot easier to listen. What are you to doing, on? Yeah. Andrew's just dancing. He's we've hit, we've hit the point where he's just losing. He's desperately trying to stay awake. <laughs> he's desperately trying to so stay find, awake. So find find us on those apps. Your, whatever your favorite podcasting app is, and YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll be back.
Adios. Bye-bye now. See you.